Hello and welcome to the Experience Lounge podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Laura. And we're here to talk all things employee experience, experience design, future of work and digital HR. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to episode one of season three of the Experience Lounge podcast. Um, we've got an exciting episode and I think very pertinent for where we are at the start of, um, of 2022. So we're going to be covering EX predictions for 2022. We're going to discuss some of those industry predictions and our thoughts in terms of what's to come in the world of employee experience. But before we do that, Sasha, how have you been? I'm good, thanks. I've had a pretty chill day, to be honest with you. Before we were recording this, I went out to like a two-hour walk, so I'm feeling super refreshed. Um, I also recently moved out of a, I want to say a co-working space with my husband. We were sharing an office space, and it just didn't work out for us, (laughs) so I'm back in the spare bedroom (laughs) on my own. I'm feeling a lot better, but no, feeling good, excited. It's the weekend, but anyway, how are you? How's your week been? Um, It's been full on um I sort of I think there's lots lots sort of hitting me at the moment in terms of I think that change curve you go through when you um when you start a new role I've I'm kind of going through that and then I think I might have mentioned in a previous episode but trying to buy a house which is um definitely more stressful than I think I realized it would be for lots of different various reasons so I'm very glad it's the weekend um a little bit longer to go today obviously for me in terms of time zone um but actually I'm, I'm not I'm not working today because it's my non-working Friday so I've uh, I've got a nice afternoon planned with my son so I'm really looking forward to that as well very nice yeah we've got this new recording um schedule so I'm end of day Friday hitting the weekend Laura's straight out of bed early morning so she's definitely got the worst shift um but I'm fine and that's what matters but yeah um I think we've got some HR tech news before we get into our predictions yes so yeah Yeah. so um the first one that we thought I think lots of people will obviously already have seen this um particularly on on LinkedIn and various news outlets um had talked about it but we thought it was just a really important one when we think of what's next for the HR function. So from CHRO to CEO, the French luxury brand Chanel, who, as I said, I think lots of people know, have appointed Lena Nair as their um, new global CEO. And I think lots of people will know Lena previously. She's been a sort of um, voice on LinkedIn for a long time um, and a sort of influencer on there as well as a as a sort of pioneer in her career at Unilever, but even more so, I think, in her role of, of CHRO, where she's been a driving force for equity, um, diversity and inclusion agenda as well. And I think it's just super interesting to sort of see that transition of, um, A, I think, more women moving into um CEO roles which is obviously what we need and and a step in the right direction but also I think that move from her being a CHRO as well don't you agree Sasha yeah definitely I think this is amazing because I remember even having a conversation like you know 10 years ago maybe a bit longer about my career and someone saying to me well you know you've never seen a CHRO going into a CEO role and I was always just kind of true I I never really have so I'm really pleased for her so more like this please more like this yeah more like this gives them gives us uh, things to aspire to for sure um the next one is um 
our sort of HR tech spotlight. So we'd we sort of talked about this when we before we recorded that we've um, covered quite a lot of our tech updates in terms of the funding rounds and, and sort of what's going on there. So we wanted to call out something a little bit different today, which was around um, a, a sort of company called Daily Pay, and that's um, powered by um, industry leading technology platform, and it's on a mission to build a new financial system um, and partnering with America's best in class employers um, called Dollar Tree, Adeco and um, Berkshire Hathaway. Daily pay is um, basically a, a sort of gold standard on on-demand pay. Um, and what it will sort of look to do is to um, pay colleagues um, that sort of work daily as opposed to um, that sort of normal, I say normal, that's probably the wrong word, the sort of standard. usual cycle that you, yeah. standard, yes, the usual cycle that you would sort of have of, um, of a monthly salary. And that was sort of making sure that employees were getting the getting sort of salary as and when as and when they needed it and Mm -hmm. the sort of premise behind it as well was to try and stop people needing to get things like you know payday loans and 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 that sort of thing so I think it's a super interesting concept and probably something I sort of felt builds and kind of links into the gig economy and, and and just a really a really sort of interesting um proposition I think Mm, yeah definitely I think it's an interesting one I think we'll touch on this when we talk about HR trends but you know there's so much talk around an organization's role in financial wellness for employees so I think this is really interesting and um, I definitely think I need to do a bit more reading on it as a platform just kind of understand you know where does this sit is this like a loan company you know just to kind of really get my head around it but I think it's great to see innovation this in this space and as you say you know that gig economy element as well this will work perfectly so yeah exciting and I think it's quite nice maybe we should do this HR tech spotlight feature moving forward so just to kind of mix it up try and find some cool brands that are doing some cool stuff so yeah I like it awesome I think so Cool. cool. Right. So shall we, um, shall we get into the topic? So EX predictions for 2022. Yeah. So first of all, I love seeing this stuff. Um, I also love to see the timing of when this comes out, because some of the people that are really on the ball have been releasing their predictions since like start of November last year. So props to them for being so yeah. organized. You know, <laughs> we can just about manage a to get a recording slot (laughs) exactly exactly to get a recording slot so yeah this is this is a really you know props to you guys so we've got a couple of ex trends and predictions that we just kind of wanted to talk through and maybe share our perspectives uh do we see this being a thing do we think that this is just a hype Um, and then maybe towards the end of the episode we'll chat a little bit about our predictions for 2022 or things that we we think might be popping up all over the place so let's get started First of all, with um, some content from Forbes here, um, calling out specifically one area or one prediction they put forward for 2022, which is the normalization of job switching. Now, I think we've been talking about this for a while, and I certainly think kind of the millennial generation, now Gen Z coming into the workforce has kind of driven that discussion around, do we need to be in organizations for a really long time anymore? But do we think the great resignation will accelerate this? I don't know. What do you think? So I think a lot of what I've read around the great resignation has talked a lot about, in some ways, it's less about people choosing to go to different employers. Sometimes it's actually often been with the pandemic, people are starting to reassess what does 
life and work mean for them and actually I think a lot of the evidence and some of the sort of papers that I've read and stuff on this is that people are actually leaving with no job to go to Mm -hmm. and that's I think the piece around people feeling that the pandemic has given given us all an opportunity to sort of operate at a slower pace of life and you sort of make decisions that maybe are to spend more time with family or um to do work that is perhaps more purposeful and more meaningful um the the sort of end result obviously though is and um I think lots of organizations are starting to see this particularly as we go into into this year that more and more people are then leaving but it's interesting I think what feels different this time is the reason why and I think then as an organization when you think about how do you attract and retain the best talent Mm -hmm. if the why reason is changing I think that then means you have to have a different proposition in terms of attracting and retaining talent and that that I think we're going to touch on some of the sort of proposition around well-being flexibility I think they all become much more at the forefront in terms of your employer value Mm. proposition and why people would choose to work in one organization over another if people are saying actually the I I really need flexibility I I'm not going to work you know 70 hour weeks anymore because I need to do work that's purposeful Mm. then your your sort of EVP your brand what you stand for has to then connect and resonate I think with people in a different way to perhaps it it has done previously yeah what are your thoughts I agree I also think kind of on that note as well the the discussion has always been and still is you know especially when I talk to clients that I work with is like you know how do we reduce attrition risk 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 my goodness it's been a long week how do we reduce (laughs) attrition risk and how do we stop people from leaving and I think yeah you know yes that is one element but also maybe we need to flip this to how do we as an organization extract the best from our people in the time that we have with them and kind of embracing the fact that careers are transient things now. Like it's not, you know, people aren't going to be around forever and that's a good thing. And then in that same sense, if, you know, we're looking at as an organization, how do we get the best from our people? How do we give the best to our people in that short amount of time that we might have with them. And I think so much of that goes against the grain of like the rhetoric in HR, which is, you know, hiring people is really expensive and the cost of replacing someone and, you know, all of those things, which I think is still relevant. And obviously those are the metrics that we so often calculate, but actually what if this is a fundamental change in the talent market? And we do need to start thinking differently about the way people choose organizations you know and what it means to provide value as an employee to the organization like what is it that we want to achieve from hiring people um so i i think i see this as a trend um i hope it sticks around as well you know i have constantly changed jobs and i'm certainly an advocate of get in extract what you need to learn as much as you can and then move on move on and up hopefully as well so anyway i hope this one sticks around (laughs) Yeah, I, I think it's um it's super interesting. And actually it plays into um sort of a lot of the research I've read even by people like Linda Gratton around the hundred year life mm. that 
people are going to be working in sort of our generation. I think the stat was something like 50% of us are going to work to we're, sorry, live to we're past 100, um, which is just crazy. <laughs> um, but then that means you'll be working till 75 yeah. at least. So therefore it's multiple careers, multiple jobs within that time period. And that sort of sense of, you know, 40 years job for life is just totally, totally gone. And I think this is a build on it. It's more about people thinking about work that's purposeful meaningful and I just think organizations are going to have to to adapt to that it's funny you say I feel like my career has been more of a the steady Eddie I've um I've worked at sort of two two organizations and stayed for um for sort of just under eight years and nearly five but had lots of different roles in that time so maybe that's it too that the keeping it interesting was um was kind of doing different roles every every sort of 18 months two years maybe but yeah, I, I'm super excited about this one. And actually really, really relevant, I think, for for me kind of in my new business partner role, because it's something we're talking a lot to the business about. Mm. And I do think there's a shift needed in terms of mindset as well, like you say, around traditional approaches, maybe to attraction retention. I do think that that conversation needs to shift a little bit now. Yeah, agreed. Right. Next one is honestly one that I actually don't really understand fully but the metaverse because people were talking about it and this being the future of work so for those of you listening to the podcast or watching the podcast um, the metaverse in my understanding is like a virtual reality world and so you know you could put on a headset and allow your employees to immerse themselves in a virtual workplace do we think this is a trend this year or is it hype? I So I, I'm not sure it's a trend necessarily this year, mainly because if I think of what I've seen with lots of organisations trying to adapt and, and kind of implement hybrid working, that's been a challenge. So that concept of people being based in more than one location and the purposefulness again in terms of how and where work gets done that seems quite difficult for some organizations to land and this is just like next level I think in terms of of that that said though one of the things I think when you kind of a lot of people I think say stuff like oh it's quite scary like this concept which I can totally understand because it it is so different to I think almost how human beings behave like we're so hard hardwired for connection and often that sort of physical connection and there's been so much hasn't there about our two years of of zoom calls and all of that sort of stuff that you can't replicate the the kind of in-person connection but that said I do think some of the challenges when we've talked about implementing hybrid working have been the need for people to come together to connect Mm. and in theory if you were all in a virtual office with your um avatar then actually you're able to do some of that connection the the sort of strange bit I think for lots of people would be and I'm also sat at home with the with the with the headset on which is the bit that I just think is is sort of next level so for me I think it's a trend absolutely is it something that lots of organizations will be sort of implementing in 2022 no but I almost think it's it's something organizations need to have their eye on mm. for the next 10 years because I I think that is probably as, as as more younger generations come in that are more you know that have grown up with technology their entire lives I I think it could it could be 
could be the shift but just this year I I think it's a lot of um it's more hype is my sense what about you I agree and I do you know I'm fundamentally torn on this I think at the beginning of the pandemic many moons ago now you know something like this would have garnered so much attention because you know we were all desperately looking for that how do we shift from in-person to online And I think over the last couple of years, with people working from home and people wanting that work-life balance, are we really going to expect people to, first of all, add another technology application to an already complex amount of, you know, desktop applications that we expect employees to, to use, to then put on a headset, to sit in their homes when they've got stuff going on, whether it be dogs, kids, partners, you know, parents potentially, to sit there and be immersed in a world when they are sat at their desks. I understand the value for organizations, but there's just, there's a disconnect for me with what we're hearing from employees, which is, I don't wanna go back to the office. I like the work-life balance I have. My world is not work anymore. And, you know, does that, does this fit with that? I really, I just don't know. I don't know, maybe I don't know enough about it. Um, but to your point, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a major trend this year. We'll probably see a few brands and a few kind of innovative HR teams experimenting with this, maybe for like one or two key meetings or workshops. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think 2025, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the point that you raised about it's not what we're hearing employees say does link even to the previous trend that we just talked about because what we're hearing a lot is that employees are saying I need more purpose in my life it's really important to me to spend more time with my family I'm assuming that's physically (laughs) with people's family but also that that sort of focus on wellness so people sort of seeing the value of good sleep good rest and 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 I just think those two things are maybe a little bit at odds like you say yeah, torn on this one. I don't know. Let us know if you're listening. Let us know what you yeah, think. Yeah, it'd be I, interesting to get. I think people can, I, I don't know. I think you can hang out in the metaverse now, like socially. I think people people are doing that. It's a thing. It's like it's like The Sims, but in real life. You know, apparently, you know, similar to Bitcoin, you can buy like metaverse land, I think. I don't know. Totally blows my mind. Yeah. Anyway, next It trend. is, it blows my mind. <laughs> next trend <laughs> is from Josh Burson. And so he talks a little bit about the reinvention of culture. And I think what he's talking about is market volatility and what we're expecting to see this year in terms of the housing market, particularly in the US and inflation, is the reliance that employees will have on employers to provide stability and to fulfill that sense of security requirement that we have as individuals. Really interesting take, because I think this isn't necessarily a new concept, because I don't know about you, Laura, but even when I was going through like my CIPD, we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that kind of security layer yeah. um, is certainly part of that. But I think al- almost over the years, we've maybe brushed over it, but it's quite an interesting take to see that in the wake of, or in the face of financial instability, that's something we have to look at providing. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's actually almost as we're going through some of these um, these trends, I'm thinking from the value proposition of an organisation, it's going to be really challenging actually because I think organisations are going to have to sort of work through 
what what is it that we stand for what do we want to be and and how do we address some of those employee needs because actually what we just talked about in terms of a little bit around the gig economy and people making decisions about purposefulness of work versus then security in a way the two are a little bit at odds because you you sort of can't have that full flex in terms of um your pick of the market around roles and um typically in a in a sort of gig economy obviously not have some of the benefits around sick pay and you know great pension cover and all of that sort of stuff but then on the flip side need all of that some people I think will need that financial security Mm. so I I sort of think almost my view is actually more thinking about it from an organization perspective which is it's going to be super challenging to kind of work through how do you how how do you make that employee experience personalized and great given that there's going to be so many more needs I think now at play than perhaps there was like traditionally Mm. in in the sort of previous model I think it's super interesting what I'd what I'd be interested about this prediction too is is that research being shown as well across generations because I think typically you might have seen that some of the sort of baby boomer Gen X, that was perhaps their yeah. model of, I, you know, I go into work, I have that security financially, you know, I might be I might be at an organisation for longer. And then sort of as you had your Gen Y, Gen Z come in, it was more about um, the, the sort of multiple careers, like we talked about, take what you need from, um, from an organisation, build up your sort of skill set and, and move on. But I'd be interested, is that spanning different generations as well? Mm. That sort of concept of needing the financial security. Mm. The next one that we have on the list is from Forrester. And of course, as always, we'll leave the links to all of the the, um, predictions in the show notes. But their line here is that companies will fail at work anywhere. Um, So it talks a little bit here around return to office failures, vaccine mandates, Um, And their prediction here is the real pain will be felt at the 60% of companies shifting to a hybrid model. One third of first attempts at anywhere simply won't work. Leaders will claim support for a hybrid model, but still design meetings, job roles and promotion opportunities around face-to-face experiences. When it's clear that productivity is suffering, these same executives will blame hybrid working rather than looking in the mirror at the real culprit. Pretty hard words here from Forrester. I love it. Um, A smaller number of failures will come from the 30% of companies that insist on a fully in-office model, only to find that employees simply won't have it. And I think I'm seeing that a lot. I know this sounds really silly, and maybe this is a generational thing, but so much of the language online, when I look at kind of work content, even on TikTok and Instagram, is so much about dissing organizations that are looking to hire people but don't offer remote working. It's quite telling, probably more so from a generational perspective, but I can see this being a reality, unfortunately. I would love to see this kind of work anywhere, hybrid working model work for all organizations. But I think part of the problem, and maybe this is just in my head, is that I don't think there's enough discussion about it in the open forum because people aren't confident that their strategies are going to work. So they don't want to lure them about online or post them, you know, potentially on their careers pages with the risk that maybe it doesn't work or maybe somebody else will come out with a concept that works better. I don't know. I just, I'm not seeing enough detailed conversation about actual real life strategies. What do you think? I think the the sort of key thing that organizations will need to do in 2022 is actually it's the opportunity to kind of experiment test 
in bed hybrid working because I think pre-pandemic a lot of organizations had most of their workforce in the office like that's well Mm. documented so we've kind of tried that the pandemic was where people en masse ended up working from home and so then you sort of had office working from home and the bit about everybody kind of being on um on sort of zoom calls or whatever um video conferencing platform you used was that there was that parity I think in terms of experience so everybody was in their little squares they all had access to the same um ability to raise a chat Mm. and it was sort of that common playing field and then I think the challenge for organizations is that blend now of how and where does certain type of work get done and actually probably which is the difficult bit I think Mm. to do this challenging each other being a bit vulnerable calling out when you're seeing people for example get together in an office in one location and yet there's still maybe five ten other people on the video call that are perhaps in a different geography or they as part of the hybrid model are working from home that day and the challenge with that if you're not driving a sort of virtual first mindset with those kind of meetings is you then have I think people have heard of this concept before but the sort of meeting after the meeting for the people that are in the room because they'll chat about stuff as they're coming in they'll chat about things as they're going all things that people on the video call um wouldn't be privy to and and sort of part of Mm. because they're dialing in um virtually and so I think it's organizations working through almost like what's their way of working what's the sort of working agreement when it comes to making hybrid land and I think if organizations don't get even some of the real practical stuff right like how do we have how do we have meetings Mm. then I do think a lot of senior leaders are going to say oh hybrid's not working they're going to blame hybrid working and then try and get everybody back into the office but the reality is that we know from all of the employee research that's not what colleagues want so therefore I think there's going to be a real sort of tension possibly Mm. if um if we don't sort of get I describe it as like some of the working practices right yeah like what what enables some of those things to happen and I and I think the real disconnect is typically your most senior leaders are projecting their model of work onto the rest of the workforce and typically that is still wanting to go into the office four or five days a week but as we know that's not what employees have told us they want they want no not at all Mm. I think we're really interesting I mean obviously we hope that companies failing at work anywhere isn't the tagline of the year but eh, a couple of fair points there raised and yeah I think we're all still trying to figure it out unfortunately there is there's no right answer um at least not at the moment right the next trend um conscious of time so this one will be our last one is well-being is extended to the breadth of employee well-being support um and this is definitely one that I can get behind um I think we touched on this before with kind of financial well-being and this is actually an extract from a Forbes article on top 10 HR trends for 2022 and so they talk about financial well-being mental health well-being social well-being physical well-being and career well-being and I've seen this elsewhere as well where it comes to or or people have described it as your organization as a life coach. So your employer is stepping into that life coach role to support employees. What do you reckon? I think think this is definitely going to be a trend that we see play out more and more. Um, 
partly because like we've talked about I think people are starting to to reassess what it means and what they want from from work and I think so much more nowadays when when we're working there is that sort of concept of bringing your full self to work being really cognizant and mindful of and and we talk about this a lot from our kind of employee experience mapping don't we that there's so many things that happen to employees throughout Mm. their life working at an organization that how the organization shows up and supports you during those times says a lot about whether somebody would then maybe decide to um to stay or you know if they would if they would leave so I think this is a super super important one the bit that I find really interesting though is in those sort of um those levers how is it that employers can actually show some support Mm. in each of those ones I think that's the key thing is working out like really practically what what does that actually look like and that is to me probably where some of our work comes in in terms of that sort of employee listening doing your um human centered design research with with colleagues and and sort of um being part of getting employees to be part of some of the design of those solutions because i think you could get them wrong yeah. if you don't don't sort of involve employees in that yeah um in that creation i think totally agree like i think i sent you this the other day and there was that meme that was like me seeing the burnout leave my body after attending one lunchtime webinar run by HR. And I, it's true. Like I think employees expect so much more because in the personal sphere, the well-being resources available to us are enormous, you know, and it's a real, it's not even, it is a trend, but, you know, really looking after yourself, self-care, we have expectations based on, you know, what we consume. And so organizations, I think need to get maybe a bit, not necessarily more creative, but as you say, listen to employees and, and really get targeted on on the well-being front and go beyond just webinars into like what are the practical tools, resources, or policies and initiatives we should implement to improve employee well-being. So I fully get behind this one and I think it's 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 only going to get bigger. And especially from a tech perspective, right? We saw that huge boom over the last couple of years in well-being technology. So I absolutely think this is going to be a biggie. Um, Right. Just quickly before we wrap up, a couple of EX predictions from you for 2022. Are there any that you'd like to throw out there? Even just one. You've put me on on the spot a little bit here. (laughs) Um, You go first. These are my top three. The first is the death of unlimited annual leave. I don't think unlimited annual leave personally I will die on this hill happy to debate this with whoever wants to (laughs) debate it with me come on the podcast we'd love to talk to you about it I don't think it promotes um, a healthy relationship with taking time off the second is I also think AI driven screening of candidates candidates are just not going to tolerate that level of uh, impersonal experience I think we are going to see a lot more in the kind of personal high touch hiring space and then the last one is I think this year will um, bring about a rebirth of EX measurement. I think we spoke a bit about it last year, but I think the focus this year will be on how are we actually measuring this and and what does that gold standard of EX measurement look like? So that's super exciting. Anyway, what do you think? I think yes to the measurement, like 100%. And also I think even more how your how you sort of partner with your people mm-hmm. analytics functions, I think will be really key. Um, in that the annual leave one are you sort of thinking 
along the lines of of Netflix where they just basically said you take it like you take what you need as and when you need it as opposed to like here's your 30 days you've got to use it all you can only carry five over that kind of no so I think the opposite I actually think when you give people unlimited annual leave then they don't utilize it whereas if you switch to a model of you have this set number of days and that works as an encouragement for people to take it but if you want more than that we will we will allow you to do that providing your manager is in agreement so it's it's you know not fully taking away the concept of unlimited annual leave but just reframing it so that people actually feel compelled to take it i see um it is an interesting one um just cuz i think the the flip side there are other challenges and it's more it's more i think about getting employees to understand the value of proper rest and yeah. recuperation is is the kind of key thing and then whatever sort of leave policy you um you also have around that yes super interesting so wonderful well we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and you know let us know as always reach out tell us what you think about predictions hopefully we'll see some exciting stuff coming this year so really excited as always um, about the future of employee experience so yeah great to be a part of the discussion um, we are now on Instagram so if you're on Instagram go and follow us on Instagram we're at the experience lounge podcast super long username um, but we're going to be posting lots of content not just about the podcast but also just relevant future of work stuff HR stuff HR tech stuff you know really trying to make it a hub for you guys so make sure you're following us there and we are also going to be doing a lot more on LinkedIn as well. So make sure you're looking out for us on there. And yeah, that's it, right? Yeah. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Um, let us know in in DMs if there's um, certain topics you'd want, to, want us to cover. Because we're doing a bit of planning, aren't we, over the next few weeks. So we, we can include lots of, lots of new stuff in. Awesome. So thanks, everyone. Take care. And we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.